Welcome. We are live. We are in the Twin Cities uh, for today and tomorrow. And uh, the beautiful host that is the Hewing Hotel downtown Minneapolis. But uh, glad to have you to this program. Yesterday, uh, I was in transit, so I had a chance to uh, tune in as I was crossing the state of Wisconsin to get into Minnesota. Uh-oh. And I uh, got a chance to listen to a few minutes of the show yesterday. Good stuff, man. Oh, it was a lot of fun. It, it was yeah. good. I, I mean, we were, yeah. we were, we got topics on a silver platter with Angel Hernandez yeah. Sunday night, but it was a lot of fun. I, I haven't even gotten to that in my thought process today. I was yesterday watching the video, and then how many did he miss? Wasn't it like an exorbitant amount of actual pitches that uh, when they did the quiz tech uh, rating at the end of the game, he missed? I can't even tell you. It was like 29 pitches that were just blatantly balls that he called strikes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 19, actually. But Nin- it was 19? Okay. It was atrocious. And some of the misses weren't just an inch or two. They were six inches off the plate. Right. Right. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And we've complained about Angel Hernandez for a long time. Uh, I've never understood, knowing the technology that baseball has, how Angel Hernandez still has a job. I just don't know. Uh, I have no idea how he, he still has a job. It is it is just brutal. Um, so anyway, but uh, that being neither here nor there, there you go. So anyway, we are uh, broadcasting live. We're here in Minneapolis and here at the Hewing Hotel. Glad to have you on board today. Uh, ben Kenny is the voice that you hear. Uh, it was on yesterday. Uh, him and uh, Grant Bills got up and uh, did the program. Uh, I today am back here today and tomorrow. And then I'm going to be uh, traveling again on Thursday. However, a reminder to all of you uh, that Thursday night, uh, 7 o'clock, is when we begin our draft coverage. Round one of the NFL draft will give you all the uh, pick-by-pick coverage, what's left on the boards, the best possible choice for the Green Bay Packers, any trades, everything that goes down, all the analyzation coming up on Thursday night. So make sure, even if you don't get it in your area, for whatever reason, whatever station in your area is not carrying the program, whatever program director fell in their head that morning and said, you know, we're going to go with a nighttime sleepy program, then you got to tune in here. Tune in to either Facebook, tune in to YouTube, tune in to the app, uh, WOZN, Madison, the uh, sports zone out there in Madison. You can check it out there. Download the Zone app, and you can always hear it uh, online on Twitter and all that kind of good stuff. Follow us on Twitch TV. So there you go. Um, excuse me, 877-867-1670. If you want to see the Hewing, and by the way, this is going to be, from what I understand, this is going to be our home base for when the Packers come to Minneapolis this year. We're back traveling. Uh, Myself, Mike Clemens, and staff will be uh, on location here. Uh, We're about six minutes from U.S. Bank Stadium. We are uh, about a block and a half away from the Target Center and Target Field. Uh, But that's where you can find us. So we're going to have a little uh, Packer party in this joint and have a lot of fun uh, when the Packers do visit Minneapolis this upcoming season. So should be a really, really good time. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up on the phone line. You can find us over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, or at Ben Z. Kenny. You can find him there. Don't forget to find us over on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. You, you can subscribe absolutely free. That way you get a chance to watch it like today. We're here in the uh, what is considered the Presidential Conference Center 
at the Ewing Hotel. And uh, which, by the way, Ben, are you watching on the uh, the Facebook uh, fan page by any chance? I just pulled on the it live up. stream. Yeah, I just opened. Uh, there you go. Uh, across the street. In all these old buildings downtown here, they've got all these reconditioned, like this building used to be an industrial building, and behind me is a safe, uh, what used to be the big old safe for, uh, my assumption is this was a bank on one side and an industrial on the other. I haven't got to the history of this building yet. But across the street, is that a you've got all club? these new... Po- that is... <laughs> <laughs> That is deja vu is or is right across the street from us. And oh, we you know. You go off to the right, and there's a really nice refurbished uh, downtown kind of loft apartment building. And then on the corner is an old supper club. And then smack dab right in the middle is deja vu <laughs> strip club. Oh, we know where so, you're going in four hours. So that's a great big how are we looking. Uh, but tonight, actually, we're going to be at Manny's tonight. Paul Georgian, uh, who we have on the show every Thursday during the football season. Uh, Paul and his uh, beautiful, wonderful wife, Roxy, are uh, going to be taking us over to Manny's uh, and heading over there. We're going to do some Mall of America stuff after I get off the air today. And then Paul will actually join us, and we're going to go through the NFL draft. Tomorrow, uh, Paul's going to be here on site. He's going to join me here in the conference center. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about the NFL draft. We'll talk about team needs, the the, the NFC North, and all that kind of good stuff. So that's all coming up tomorrow on the program. Um we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. First and foremost, is anybody at panic mode yet when it comes to the Brewers and their offense? And I, I've always said, wait, wait uh, until you get to, um, wait until you get to about a hundred at bats for everybody. Once you get there. Then you you kind of start to because the Brewers right now they're tied with the Cardinals for the top spot in the in the division so all is not lost and they've got the Pirates coming up today five thirty five uh, will be first pitch out there at PNC Park and, and all that kind of good stuff but when you look at this team and you look at the batting averages of this team and the OPS of this team Keston Hira is bat is the, your top hitter. He's only got 25 at bats, but he's batting 240 with a 367 on base percentage and a 727 OPS. The guys that you're relying upon, Lorenzo Kane, 143 with a 384 OPS. Colton Wong, 161 with a 436 OPS. Willie Adamas, 194 with a 618 OPS. Christian Yelich, 196 with a 620 OPS. That absolutely sucks. You, you, we can't blame the batting coaches anymore. They've gone through batting coaches now twice and hired two. You know, I, it's not the coaches. It, it's not the coaches. I'm convinced of that. I'm, I'm convinced that some of these guys – I don't know. I, I want to say they're going to come back and they're going to hit their average and, and maybe the backs of their baseball card. But for right now, it, 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 this sucks. And they're, they're just creeping. Like, Willie Adamas is at 62 at-bats. He has the most at-bats on the team. Christian Yelich, 56. 56 for Colton Wong. 59 for Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon hitting 237 with a 593 OPS. He's, he's, the, he's the third best hitter on the team. He's the third best hitter on the team. Right now, Rowdy Telez, 
His average is just completely dove. He's hitting 208, but still with a 713 uh, OPS. Not the best OPS on the team, but at least he's above 700, where the majority of the team is below that. The only two that are better is Kessinger at 727 and Victor Caratini at 789. And both of those guys combined don't have over 50 at-bats. So that's probably going to change dramatically. But this team offensively sucks. Sucks. And you can you can talk about switching up the lineup. You can talk about moving guys around, move Yelich down. Right now, it, it just your the guys that you're paying to be big time suck. Suck. I mean, a capital S, stink on ice. Nasty fish in Seattle at a bad fish market. That's how bad they stink. This is awful. And I don't see any, them getting better anytime soon. And it's it's not like they're flailing at bad pitches or they're they're not hitting the ball hard. And when they do, they, they're hitting it right at somebody, so you kind of give and take. But we know... That when it comes to um, when it comes to Major League Baseball, um, you, you there's an ebb and a flow to it. We all understand that, you know. But eventually, things begin to equal out. They begin to level out, and and this isn't right now. So we're only 60 at bats into the season. I always say your first hundred is your telltale sign. They've got 40 left to kind of correct this. And begin to, to to get back to you know kind of the high tide raises all ships to begin to bring this team back up offensively, but I've always said write it down four point two four point two runs per game will get you a lot of wins. This team is not doing that, not doing that at all, and you're wasting really 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 good opportunities when it comes to their pitching staff. You're wasting. Really good at bats. Your waste are really good uh, starts. You're just wasting it. Again, yesterday, when you look at Corbin Burns, six and two thirds, two hits, no runs. Guy can't get a decision to save his life. Nothing. Corbin Burns has been pitching lights out. He's got a two twenty five ERA. 225 ERA in the last 13 and two-thirds innings, he's given up a total of two runs. Two runs. That's it. He's been fantastic. Guy can't get guy can't get a win. That's a damn shame. That team owes him an apology. They need to sit down collectively and put him at the end uh, of a big conference table and have all these losers that can't hit sit at a table and look him in the eye and say, I'm sorry. Because that's that, that's just damn embarrassing. As bad as the Brewers have been, it's damn embarrassing. And you can talk about, like, you know, uh, Jamie says, let's get the small ball. You can talk small ball. These guys can't even put contact on the ball most of the time. They just can't. To play small ball, that would mean, now we've seen, uh, go back to the Philadelphia series, back-to-back days with, like, hit and run and, and sacrifice. And I'm stunned. You're right. Get back to small ball. At least they're doing a few things in that direction. At least a few things. But for the most part, no. This this team is, you throw your hands in the air. Because now it's just, 
go out there with the best possible pitching. And if I'm a pitcher on this team, I go to the mound every day knowing I got to throw a no hitter, or at the very least, a shutout if I think I'm going to win. If you give up one run, you got a shot at winning. You give up two, chances are it's a 50 50 proposition. That's the shame of it. That's the shame of it. That's how bad offensively this team is. Can't can't fire the hitting coach anymore. Can't do that. Uh-uh. No. No. Can't we can't as as fans, we can't scream anymore about the hitting coaches. Now you gotta basically look at the jersey that you're wearing as a fan. Do I got Yelich on my back? Do do I got Yelich on my back? Now you need to put that great big circle with a cross through it after about 40 more at-bats if it stays the same. Do I got Lorenzo Cain on my back? Yeah, you got to just put retire underneath it. You know, when you start to look at some of these guys that aren't hitting their weight, it's disgusting how bad these guys are. Uh, 877-867-1678. Or you wish the the pitchers would hit because at least the pitchers would go up with half-assed efforts. This is embarrassing. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Bullpen gave up four runs in two and a third innings. I get it. I get it. I understand that, Brian. You are 100% correct, and you feel bad for Burns. I get it. But when you're not scoring runs, Burns, the entire team could have gone out and threw, thrown damn near a shutout, and this team can't score runs. Can't score runs. Consistently. One of the lowest averaging teams in all of Major League Baseball. And the teams that are below them basically stink. They stink. They're like all in rebuild mode. Ben, was I listening correctly today? Was it like Kansas City and Cincinnati and all these bad teams that can't score runs? They're all just barely below the the Brewers who are in the bottom third or quarter of the entire uh, Major League Baseball, right? Yeah, it's Milwaukee at 26 right now with 3.29 runs per game. Then you have Kansas City, Arizona, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. Those are the only teams below them. Yeah, that's crazy. They're terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And uh, they have got a hard soda out. They have done it. The loudest pop and loudest flavor ever. Classic cola, cherry cola, citrus soda, orange soda. Bud Light has nailed it, my friends. They got it right with zero sugar. Enjoy responsibly. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show live here in Minneapolis. Coming up right after after this this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Welcome back, hour number three. Hour number three of the Bill Michael Show. We're glad you're on board today. Thanks so much uh, for for joining us. And uh, we are broadcasting live here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, here today and tomorrow at the Ewing Hotel, beautiful place downtown. Um, and if you're looking for a place to come, say, if you want to catch a Brewers game, if they're going to be at Target Field, maybe you're going to head over for a Bucks game to the Target Center or maybe a U.S. Bank Stadium game to catch the Packers and the Vikings, uh, great place to stay. So um, when you, you get an opportunity to make some reservations, this is one of the – and they've got a beautiful rooftop 
uh, patio bar, one of the best views in the city. So by all means, this is a great place to go. And uh, thanks to them for hosting us here. Uh, let's do this. Let's go ahead and go to the phones and uh, talk to our buddy Chad Reuter. Uh, the NFL.com covering the NFL draft. Uh, joining us, uh, Chad, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm I'm doing great. I just wish it was Thursday about 7 o'clock so we can get this thing started. So the Packers need wide receiver help. Everybody knows it. There's other teams that do as well. Uh, and teams that have already said they've, they've talked to certain players like Alave and, and, and different players down the stretch and Williams and such coming out of Alabama and to see how his progress is with his health. Give me your thoughts on this first round of the draft and what you think the Packers may do with those two picks. Well, uh, there's certainly uh, a, a chance that they will move up with one of them to try to to secure one of the receivers because as you mentioned everybody in the league knows that they need a wide receiver after trading Devontae Adams so um, in past mock drafts I've had them actually uh, trading to get to the 21st spot um, with New England who's in a great spot to trade down in this draft so the Packers would have 21 and 22 and they could take the receiver that's available that they'd like but Chris Olave from Ohio State um, George Pickens from Georgia and then maybe an offensive tackle like Trevor Penning from from Northern Iowa or Abe Lucas from Washington State. Uh, they could get two quality players, and they probably wouldn't have to give up a lot to, to move up uh, seven spots, you know, like a fourth round, maybe two fourth round picks, sort of like they did for Darnell Savage a few years ago. So um, mm-hmm. they could land really two solid players if they if they if they go that way. If they do get a guy like Alave and decide to to, to grab him, because I know they had some lengthy conversations with him when he was uh, down at the Combine, how far up do you think they – do they need to trade up to get him, or do you feel like he, looking at the boards and maybe where the runs might be, that maybe he would fall to them? It's possible he's available. Um, guys don't always go as high as people think. Um, you know, I think I think that's possible. He could be there at least at 21. But again, other teams are going to be looking at him at 21 if he's available there. So they might have to go up and get him if they want him. Otherwise, they're looking at Traylon Burks and, and Pickens, as I mentioned. So um, it might behoove them to trade to make sure. But um, you know, in my latest mock, uh, I have him available at 22. So anything, it's sort of like Chris Jefferson, Chris Jefferson, Justin Jefferson coming out of LSU, mm-hmm. um, you know, falling to the Vikings and somebody takes, you know, the Eagles take Jalen Ragor instead right ahead of him and, and Jefferson's just waiting there. So it happens. The uh, When we look at the rankings of the wide receivers, so. You bring up Justin Jefferson. People were talking about Lamar Chase, uh, Lamar Chase from last year's draft. I, is Alave that impact guy, or do you think that there's somebody else in this draft that you believe is that impact guy? What I hear is there's a lot of wide receivers that are really good. There's as far as that elite wide receiver like a Chase, like a Justin Jefferson, like a Stephon Diggs, that that guy might not be in this draft. Is that true? Well, I think I think that um, Jameson Williams, if if he hadn't gotten hurt in the national title game, we'd be talking about him for sure as a top ten pick, and he still might go that high, depending on how much um, risk averseness teams have to picking a guy who might need to redshirt this year that high in the draft. But uh, I think he would be. Uh, people would see him as an absolute stud. I think he'll be a difference maker at the next level, and uh, I think he would be the guy. Like I've projected the Chiefs to package up their picks and move up to go get him. 
uh, as a possibility. I don't I don't necessarily see Green Bay doing that. Uh, it's a possibility. But a trade like that hasn't happened in 20 years. So it's really just fun to talk about, but it's not likely to happen. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think I think really um, Williams is the guy in this draft that's going to be. And, and George Pick, look, the, the injuries have really hurt this group, you know, literally and figuratively um, in terms of where they're getting viewed. But George Pickens out of Georgia, he would have been a top 20 pick. If, if he wouldn't have uh, hurt his ACL in the spring and, and he fought his way back to get back in the team's title run. So I think teams uh, value Pickens a lot more than uh, a lot of people do from the outside looking in. The next need by the Green Bay Packers after you get past the wide receiver position, do you throw a dart at a dartboard or do you say, you know, edge rusher, middle linebacker, hey, if they can't come to an agreement with Jair Alexander, then they're going to need additional secondary help. Where would you say that next need would be? Uh, I would say uh, right tackle, and I would also say defensive line um, help. And, and I think those are the two spots they'll be looking at. Um, they, I think Elton Jenkins should stay inside in guard, and um, they need a right tackle, and I think they'll, they can find one at the end of the first round. And then on the defensive line, you just need more bodies, and you need to keep those bodies fresh so that they make the edge rushers better. Uh, and I think that's missed by people that sometimes that – that guy on the outside, um, the five technique working in conjunction with the edge rusher makes them better. Uh, they can find the nice thing about this draft is you can find an edge rusher, like a backup edge rusher in the second, third, fourth round. Uh, and, and so to, to, to compliment these guys now, if, you know, an amazing talent falls to them, then that's one thing. But I think, I think on the offensive and defensive lines is really where they should focus. See, I would agree with you. I, I, I'm a big proponent of getting a good, solid right tackle, and that would only fortify your line. Now, you know them. They like to find a tackle who then can also play guard if need be. So mm-hmm. when you start to look at, say, some of the offensive linemen, is there a tackle that would be there late first, maybe late second, that they could then go ahead and pick up and say, that would be a guy that would fit the way the Green Bay Packers like to think? Well, Trevor Penning would be the – the the guy out of Northern Iowa who could play guard or tackle. Um, And that would be one. And a lot of people don't talk about that, but he played inside in at at mobile. And at times I think he might be better inside at some point, but um, I I think that's one guy they could look at for that. Abraham Lucas, who they've looked at is not really a guard kind of guy. I think they, uh, they they wouldn't get the versatility out of him that they might like Mm -hmm. Um, Joshua as a voodoo as a voodoo out of uh north carolina is a really flexible guard tackle guy you could get him at the end of the second round uh if they think and then tyler smith from tulsa is being brought up as a first round pick i don't think he's a first round pick but if you get him in the second round as a potentially a guard tackle guy um he he would be a good fit there he's pretty raw but i think you could um you could work him in a couple of years and you could be something really something yeah, the Izudu, uh, the kid out of North Carolina, I like him. Big dude, though, 6'4", over 300 pounds. He, yeah. He's still got good feet and such uh, to be able to move, but that's that's a big cat. Who's the, the kid out of Ohio State, that Nicholas Pettit for, for yeah. Ray? Or, yeah. that, that's another guy that I've heard his name bandied about a little bit because offensive linemen coming out of Ohio State have been so good, specifically at the center position for the Packers. They tend to look in that fence a lot. Yeah, and I like him. I like Petit Frere as more of a um, mid-round guy because he's not his tape wasn't that great, um, but he's got some skill. He's got some traits and and some lengths, and so he's he'd be good um, mid-round player probably for them. 
mm-hmm. and you know that that's where that's where I see that's where I see his value. They have other, you know, there's there's plenty of the. Again, the nice thing is if you're looking for, if you're not looking for a starter, if you're looking for a guy who can be a swing tackle or like a sixth lineman, there's all kinds of them in this draft. Another guy they could look at if they don't pick an offensive line um, and early is uh, Luke Gedeke from Central Michigan who could play guard or tackle. He's a third-round guy, maybe late second. Um, you know, very versatile guy. And, uh, you know, uh, Bernard Raymond out of uh, CMU gets all the hype. But Gedeke is a good player. And, uh, you know, I think he's, he's really um, somebody that Packers should, fans should watch out for. By the way, we're talking with uh, Chad Reuter. He covers the NFL draft, discussing all the positions for the Green Bay Packers. Now, when we look at this Waller deal, if indeed this even becomes any kind of a deal, is there a trade value via uh, a draft spot that you would give up for Waller if indeed this becomes true? Um. You know, I think to make a deal like that happen, they would probably have to give up their second round pick. But my hope would be that they would get a fifth or something else with Waller in return to kind of balance it out a little bit. And in that case, that would be fine. Um, you know, I, I guy coming off injury, older, I, I don't know. Explosive player when he's on the field, though. And so you can't really blame him for, for trying to get him, you know, via the uh, Devontae Adams trade or, or um, now uh, outside of it. But I, I think you would hope that if they have to give up a second, they would get another pick. So they don't lose a pick. They just lose value in a pick. And that's there's a big difference there. Um, you, can, you can really work with that later pick. Um, and by the way, we're, again, we're talking with Chad Reuter, who's covering the NFL draft. So the Green Bay Packers, we know that, and you're a lot like me, where you want the trenches covered. You want to add additional depth. Let's talk about the defensive side of the football because they picked up Jerron Reed. They've obviously got to Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. I don't know how much better he's going to get, but he did have a pretty season, uh, a pretty decent season last year. Who else would you add to that mix? And where do you put TJ Slayton in all of this? Looking at his tape from last year and watching him play personally i saw him at times you'd go okay there's a couple of flashes and the next time you'd see him uh maybe be the next game and like the second or third quarter on a rotation because he just gets washed out yeah he at florida he was a solid player he wasn't a great player and so you know they got him on day three that's fine he's a he's a really good backup he's a good guy to have um, to fill in the gaps, and he'll get better, you know, as time goes on. Uh, guys like that can play a long time in the league, uh, just big guys that you don't have to um, ask to do a whole lot more than eat space and then get into a gap on occasion. So he'll, he'll be able to do that. What I would think they would want is somebody on the outside, as I mentioned before, like a Perrion Winfrey in the first round, Logan Hall from, from Houston in the first or second round, those kind of guys, even a, De- a DeMarvin Leal at some point out of Texas A&M, the tape isn't great, but in the third round, maybe late second, he's got a lot of potential and a great size. And, and so that's the kind of guy that they could put outside. Uh, I think they got the middle. I think they're pretty good in the middle. And you can find a guy later in the draft like they did with Slayton to kind of, you know, plug the A-gaps and stuff. But I, I think on the outside to work in conjunction with the edge rushers is, is what they could really use. The uh, the other question is that, uh, you know, they've got additional kickers in camp. They've signed numerous guys. Is there anybody that you could even fathom with so many picks that the Packers have, unless they make some trades, going after late in this draft? Uh, I, I don't know. It would be hard after J.K. Scott. And right. I, I, it, would be, it would be tough to make that call. Um, I think that 
getting O'Donnell was a big deal. And I think if they hadn't gotten him, they would look at guys like Matt Ariza out of San, uh, San Diego State. Um, Jordan Stout out of Penn State would be a, a, a fifth-round pick. They could go that direction. But I don't I don't really see that. Um, there's not a, kick, a ton of kickers and punters this year, but I'm sure they'll pick up somebody after the draft to um, – to you know provide a little more competition chad great stuff man i appreciate it and uh, after it's all said and done we'll reevaluate the draft and give you a shout okay yeah you bet and by the way i forgot to mention uh people listen pack fans listening root for luke Gedeke from central michigan as i mentioned before because he actually went to stevens point for a year before mm-hmm. he went to central michigan so people didn't know that and you hear that name be excited for a guy who who once was in the WEAC. Yep, absolutely. Anytime you get a guy coming out of the Wii Act that goes big time and then it finds his way into the NFL, it's always a big story because there's such good D3 football in this area. I completely agree with you. All right, thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Chad Reuter, there you go, covering the NFL draft. Uh, you can see his stuff on his Twitter account, at Chad underscore Reuter, at Chad underscore Reuter. You can find him there. Good, good stuff, man. Good stuff. He's he, I, Look, I agree. Uh, I think anytime. Uh, you know, a team like Green Bay, I mean, you, well, any any team for that matter. I shouldn't say any team like Green Bay. But I think trenches is where it starts. It's like ripples on a pond, man. It starts in the middle and works its way out. That's just the way it's got to be in football. you got to get yourself a right tackle, get that solidified. You hope Elton Jenkins comes back. But if you got a really good uh, right tackle and then Elton Jenkins comes back on top of that, you have really solidified your offensive line. It's it'll be one of the best in football if indeed you get the most back out of David Bakhtiari as well. And that's knock on wood that Elton Jenkins comes back and he's healthy and he kind of picks up where he left off. Then you go to the opposite side. If you can get a big body rotation, Jerron Reed, uh, uh, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. If Slayton takes another step forward, you pick up a body or two. Remember the years that they had C.J. Wilson and Howard Green and Cullen Jenkins, Ryan Pickett, um, B.J. Raji. You go through that mix. That was a big-time effort when it came to pass rush on the outside. Like he said, it has a trickle-down effect to the edge rushers, even helps the linebackers. If you can keep offensive linemen off of the linebackers, whether it's in coverage or shooting the gap for blitz or run pickup, there's so many options there. So I agree. I I think uh, the trenches will be where they'll probably go again on both the offensive and defensive side of the football as well. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. We are broadcasting live in Minneapolis at the Ewing Hotel. Beautiful place in the conference center here inside. Great, great stuff. We certainly appreciate their hospitality. And we're back at it here again tomorrow, uh, as a matter of fact, for the program as well. But thanks to them for being a part of the program. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.